today on Ag News Daily. The system does everything else. So the way that it does this is it uses more than 30 sensors in every bin to monitor the grain condition, its moisture content, its temperature, the outside air, the air in the plenum, to run the fan only when the weather is good for drying. Well, listeners, today's podcast is brought to you by Douglas Plant Health. To unharness your soil's fertility and maximize yield, consider Douglas Plant Health. Dana Winterhoff, joined virtually by Delaney Howell on this Tuesday after Labor Day, September 6th. How's Delaney doing? I'm good, Tanner. Tanner, do you know tomorrow is a very special day? Well, I don't know. Why is tomorrow special? Oh, it's my birthday in case you wanted to get me something. (laughs) I knew that. I just was playing into it for the listeners. You know, I gave you the most awesome Ag News Daily koozie at the Farm Progress Show last week for your birthday. Actually, we should celebrate our birthdays together since they're so close. Yeah, we should. And uh, I got to get another one of those koozies to give right back to you. <laughs> so funny. You can give me a Farm for Profit koozie. Then we'll call it even. Well, if we have those, I can get you a sticker. Okay. Um, there you go. Well, any big plans for your birthday? No, I don't think so. I don't know. Blaine is supposed to be in charge of it. But I tell you what, we had a really interesting interview already this morning on this Tuesday morning before we recorded today's podcast coming out later this week, talking about the new brand Flyover Whiskey. That would certainly be an interesting birthday present, but I'm guessing he's not going to be able to get that in time. Right. By the time I jump on the wait list, I believe uh, we could be ready for next year's birthday. That's true. Yes, we'll get on the wait list for next year's birthday for you at this point. What a, what a teaser, listeners. You guys are going to have to wait for that one. But why don't we jump into some news? So it looks like, Delaney, uh, Europe is continuing to look at their energy crisis. Germany has put two nuclear plants on standby in an energy U-turn. They took that move on Labor Day, which would be Monday. The policy is due to the shutoff of Russian gas supplies as they are now scrambling for their energy. Following a network stress test, two of the three remaining power plants could remain available until mid-April 2023. So this is a temporary extension, Delaney. The move partly delays the nuclear exit plan under the Chancellor Angela Merkel. The plants would be kept as reserved and potentially to make further contribution to the electricity grid in southern Germany and parts of Europe, where development of renewable power is lagging. Uh, Such crisis is deemed highly unlikely for an extension beyond April 2023, but it is also highly considered for more reserved power. So the electricity market has been surging, obviously, since the upended Russia invasion of Ukraine has created power bills soaring as part of the Moscow decision. So uh, looking to keep eyes on that, but some of these planned shutoffs, Delaney's are being suspended. Well, Tanner, speaking of suspension, it appears that Bayer is going to suspend or plans not to pay out any continued settlements related to Roundup Ready cases. They said they are going to continue defending Roundup liability cases in court after rejecting a proposed global settlement with all plaintiffs in California in federal court late last week. This decision comes during the week uh, that the company won its fifth consecutive trial in state court over the glyphosate-based product. So they said now they've had a few wins under their belt. 
They're planning on continuing to fight all of the rest of the cases. And the U.S. District Court for the District of Northern California has set a case management hearing for September 7th, as court documents show that Bayer Ag does not plan to settle those tens of thousands of cases pending, Tanner. Right. It said that Monsanto is intending to defend itself and will only consider revolving outstanding cases and claims that if it is strategically advantageous to do so. So no, those who might be thinking they're getting a large windfall uh, may not have that opportunity anymore. The next piece I have, Delaney, was actually sent to me from my co-host, Corey, this weekend from Argentina. So Argentina is now offering a better exchange rate to boost soy exports. So this move is to boost exports and hard currency reserves. So Argentina's economy minister, Sergio, announced new incentives beginning Monday, yesterday, for soybean farmers to sell more of their stock by accessing a better exchange rate in order to bid, in order to receive bids and boost exports, as well as build hard currency reserves. The agriculture powerhouse Argentina is the world's largest soy oil and meal exporter, as well as the number three soybean supplier. Amid their economic slump, as most of the world is experiencing, and soaring inflation, the president is seeking another way to boost U.S. dollar reserves to meet the terms of their $44 billion debt deal with the Internal Monetary Fund. So Delaney, this is a policy that is in place due to the borrowings that Argentina has. So they have uh, tapped on their economic chief to create an exchange possibility for soy farmers. So for the remainder of September, they will be able to ship a ton of grain using the exchange rate of 200 pesos per U.S. dollar, which is well above the official rate of 139 per dollar. So a big incentive But I would expect, Delaney, for this to potentially put a lot more soybeans into the market. The minister is projecting that this incentive will lead to nearly a billion dollars in sales in the next three days. So this is going to have a flood-type motion here rather quickly. Well, Tanner, there might be a lot of soybeans hitting the market there. But here in the U.S., we're expected to see cow herd rates cull at exceedingly quick levels. According to a DTN article, we are on pace to have a beef cow herd culling rate this year of 13.5%, which is a rate extremely high and extremely rare, and going to create a paradigm shift for the beef industry. They're saying U.S. cattle market is going to likely repeat really volatile levels and some of those highs and lows seen back in 2014 and 2015, and They're saying we just don't have as many tools around this time to help deal with the challenges that a lot of cattle farmers are are facing, including things like drought, um, increased cost of feed, because another related article I read this morning said feed costs have been the biggest category for livestock producers, especially cow-calf producers, where this year alone, cow-chow is making up 75% of their operating costs, Tanner. And feed prices are expected to jump about 14 to 15% this year alone as we continue to see commodity prices rise. Due to that, due to drought, due to a lot of other conditions, we're going to be expected to see really volatile year this year for cattle producers and a lot of beef liquidation. Could be one of the smallest cattle herds we've seen in quite some time. 
Yeah, that's going to be something for us to keep an eye on. And I don't see costs, at least the people that we talked to at Farm Progress Show, Delaney, don't see input costs on the crop side going down, which means the cost of that feed will still continue to go up for those livestock producers. We'll pause here for a quick mention that for more than three decades, U.S. farmers, largely organic, have increased yield with the help of SP1 Classic. As fertilizer costs soar and supply chains loom, DPH Biologics is expanding access to its trusted biofertilizer to the conventional acre. The TerraTrove SP1 Classic, the complete biofertilizer, growers can replace up to 50% of their starter fertilizer Visit dphbio.com to reclaim your soil fertility. But another piece of news that came out of Farm Progress Show this last week is that Corteva and BASF are joining forces for soybean innovation. So as we just discussed soybeans at Argentina, Corteva and BASF held a joint press conference stating that they will unveil their new joint agreement to bring a four-way soybean trait stack to the market in the early 2030s. We've got to wait a little bit for that, Delaney. These soybeans will tolerate an over-the-top herbicide application of BASF's Liberty and Corteva's Enlist, as well as uh, additional over-the-top products. But this four-way cross is meant to help battle those resistant weeds that some of the farmers are currently fighting. So leaders from both companies said a five-way soybean trait stack is also being developed, which would provide farmers even more tools by 2040. So a lot is planned out into the future, but uh, something that I don't know if a lot of people saw coming, Delaney, with these two giants working together. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that one, Tanner. Yeah, it could be hopefully beneficial. We always take uh, caution when mergers happen and way partnerships work. But if it is another tool in the tool belt for our listeners to keep their soybean fields clean and boost their yields, we will take it. Well, Tanner, we saw a lot of spotty rainfall here across the Corn Belt and Midwest in the latter half of August. And as we know, August is a key month for grain fill and soybean pod setting. So how did we do in the month of August? You might be thinking, well, we saw drought improvements in Minnesota, northern Wisconsin, Michigan, parts of central Indiana, and southern Missouri. Meanwhile, some of those spotty rains did not hit areas and drought deepened in areas like Nebraska to Oklahoma, southern Iowa, and parts of northern and southern Indiana, Tanner. We also saw then, uh, due to some of those deepening drought conditions, that Stonex change their official yield estimate for the month of August. They thought really we would maybe see some stronger yields this year, but their unofficial yield model is currently at a 171, but suggesting we could slip even a little bit lower to maybe a 170 or a 169 as drought does continue to worsen in some of those states. But on the flip side, their yield estimate actually rose a half a bushel to a 51.8 on the soybean balance sheet, Tanner. So it could be a really interesting year this year for yield as we do continue to see a lot of mixed reviews when it comes to yield. Yeah, I have a feeling it's just going to be mixed reports across the board. Having met a lot of people at Farm Progress Show, some had received some timely rains and are really excited to get into the field. Others are starting to use the we're burning up terminology. And that's the last piece that I have here is just to remind our listeners that 
there's some dangerously scorching temperatures that swept the western United States over this last weekend and Labor Day. The temperatures in the lower 100s, Death Valley was even claimed, at least I saw a couple of places, to nearly get to 130 degrees. That is a very widespread area. Obviously, it exasperated wildfire and electricity concerns, but ultimately some cities were putting in cooling stations, and then we turned to the livestock side of things, Delaney. Obviously, the access to water and crop irrigation supplies is another big concern, but that's what I have for today, news on Ag News Daily. Well, Tanner, before we get into the markets here, I wanted to read a quick one more time message from our sponsor, DPH Bio Today. For more than three decades, U.S. farmers, largely organic, have increased yield with the help of SP1 Classic. As fertilizer costs soar and supply chain challenges continue to loom, DPH Biologicals are expanding access to this trusted biofertilizer to the conventional acre. With Teratrove SP1 Classic, the complete biofertilizer, growers can replace up to 50% of their starter fertilizer. Just visit dphbio.com to reclaim your soil's fertility. Dana, as we take a look at the markets in the overnight here, heading into Tuesday morning session after a long three-day holiday weekend, we saw in the Dalian China corn market overnight, corn and soybean futures were higher But unfortunately, we couldn't see that action follow through in the overnight here of the U.S. markets when things opened up Monday evening. So far, heading into opening session, we saw in the overnight new crop corn closed unchanged on the day right at that 665 mark is where things will open. And new crop soybeans will open 14 cents lower at 1405 this morning in Today's opening session, December Chicago wheat added three and three quarters cents in the overnight at 814. And when you take a look at the livestock markets in the overnight sessions here, Tanner, they also saw some mixed trade strength in the live cattle complex and feeder cattle complex and weakness in the lean hog market. October live cattle added a buck 75 in the overnight at a dollar 44. September feeders, excuse me, October feeders up 60 cents in the overnight to open at 184.95 and October lean hogs down $1.92 in the overnight to open this morning at 90.02 and a half. Now, without further ado, Tanner, I'm very excited. This was one of the conversations that I got to snag last week at Farm Progress Show talking to Dylan Hurd of Haber Technologies. So let's kick it over to that conversation. Oh. Well, folks, we are chatting today, still at Farm Progress Show, day two here with Dylan Hurd, president and co-founder of Haber Technologies. Dylan, it's good to talk in person. There's a different kind of chemistry when you get to see people face-to-face and and talk about what's going on here in agriculture. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So let's dig in here and get a little of the background, the the backstory behind Haber Technologies. Yeah, so Haber Technologies... um, Started as as many young companies do, and came out of the university um, at Iowa State. So um, myself and Eric, the other co-founder, uh, studied Iowa State for um, agricultural and biological engineering. And through our coursework there, we found some particular problems with uh, drying grain, and we felt that we could find a solution to those. And so the early theories and concepts um, that the dry stack system, which is Haber Technologies' core product, is based on, 
come from that work at the university. It must run in the family, right? Because your brother is in ag tech space. You're in the ag tech space. What a cool family, I'm sure. Christmas, family Christmases are probably interesting discussions. Yes. <laughs> my uh, my parents, um, particularly my mom, was quite the entrepreneur. My uh, dad, uh, an academic. And I come from a large family. So uh, we have always really enjoyed business um, and small business in particular. And it's just kind of runs in the blood, I guess. And I think that we're all... Uh, you know, bold enough to attempt to create these new things. And uh, it's always a really exciting process and you learn so much. So take us back to those college days when you were having these discussions. What was it about grain drying technology in particular that made you think that was a place you wanted to step into? So really at that time, doing our work at the university um, was a, a life cycle analysis class. And so we were tasked with designing a mill for sunflower seeds. Um, and the problem that we continued to find was our sunflower seeds would spoil um, before we could get them milled into oil. And so looking at that problem, we're like, okay, well, we just need to keep them in condition better. We need to dry them more efficiently. Um, but to do that was requiring too much fan power. So we're like, okay, what is contributing to this high demand for fan power? And it was the height of the grain. So logically, you just reduce the height of the grain. But that was easier said than done. And that's really where the base principles of delivering the air into different layers comes from. And really from there, at that time, we didn't really know that it was going to be anything more than a, a class project. And so Eric, you know, went into industry. I went on to graduate school in chemical engineering. I'm doing my PhD in chemical engineering. And then four years ago, there four years ago we came back together we're like this is something that we really need to do um particular for eric it was one of his classes the professor was like pretty straight up and said whoever can figure out how to more efficiently move or effectively move air through grain is going to make a lot of money for eric that was what he needed to hear and so that's really where the ideas and the uh you know the ingenuity came together with there's a real business case for this so more effectively move air through grain. That was an interesting point that you just mentioned there. How do you go about actually tackling that challenge? Exactly. So one of the main factors um, when you're drying grain or really any solid is the there's a resistance uh, that comes from having to push air through a, a you know a mass of grain, and so that resistance increases the higher the mass of grain is. Um, but it's not just doubling. It's actually exponentially more difficult to move air through. So six foot of grain versus 12 foot of grain has, you know, uh, uh, you know, half the amount of airflow that you'd be getting. So to more efficiently move air through that grain, you need to reduce the height of the grain column that you're trying to push air through. So that's where the air delivery system um, in the dry stack, that's what it does. So these large tubes, um, think about them as air ducts. Okay. Right? Uh, very similar to like a commercial HVAC system. You dry, you know, you cool room by room. Well, we dry layer by layer. And so our large stacks have valves in them. Those valves uh, allow us to create virtual layers in that bin. So the bin might be 30 foot tall, but that fan is ever only pushing air through six to seven foot of grain at a time. 
because of these valves that are spaced out on these stacks. So drying layer by layer, I noticed on your website, you mentioned the technology kind of behind it is you're using ambient air and supplemental heat to dry the entire grain bin, as you're mentioning, layer by layer Correct. through these tubes. Through these tubes. And so, you know, farmers are very comfortable with the notion of layer drying, right? So you put in the grain, you level it off, you got six foot of grain, it can be pretty wet and you can still get it dry. It's because the fan isn't fighting very much resistance. So you get a lot of CFM, you get a lot of drying, right? Well, that stops as soon as that grain mass gets higher. But what we do is we allow that layer by layer to still exist. And so there, the air coming out of a stack will be sent out at one layer, and it will be recovered back into the layer above that. And the reason why this works is, Rather than fighting the resistance that the air puts, uh, the grain puts on the fan, we actually use it to our benefit. So we send the air out at one layer. It would rather come out of that layer because it's less grain to go through. It's less resistance. And it actually returns back into that stack at the next layer because of how the valves are configured because the stock, the top of the stack is out of the grain. So it's at the, uh, you know, atmospheric pressure. So it's a path of least resistance. So what it allows us to do is restack. So we send air out at one layer, recover it in at the layer above. What this fundamentally means is you're not pushing water from one layer of grain to the next. You're pushing water out of each layer uniquely. And that's where the huge improvements in efficiency come from, is the increased airflow and the method by which the water is being removed. I can tell you're really passionate about this. You, yes, I, I just am. You light up when you're talking about this, and that's really neat to see. When you look at, that's kind of maybe how it works, but from a farmer's perspective, how does it work for them? Do I have an app on my smartphone or is it auto-sensing these drying technologies? So with the dry stack system, there's really two fundamental technologies, right? So there's an air delivery system, which we've talked about. Um, But next to that, there is the automation, right? So a 30,000 bushel bin have as many as 36 different valves in it, right? These valves are open and closed individually. So it's not something that you can do manually. So that's where the automation comes in. And that's where Haber Technologies has built a state-of-the-art IoT stack for farm use. And what that allows us to do is fully automate this this grain drying process. So for the farmer, it's really simple. They come up to either their bin or through the website. They take that bin and they put it into fill. They put it into dry, they put it into storage, and they unload it. And that is all that they must do. The system does everything else. So the way that it does this is it uses more than 30 sensors in every bin to monitor the grain condition, its moisture content, its temperature, monitoring the outside air, the air in the plenum, to run the fan only when the weather is good for drying. It's watching the temperature. It's turning on and off the heater. All of this is being done automatically. And the farmer, all they have to do is hit dry. And that's really where the architecture and a lot of the advancements that Haber's made um, in the software really make the farmer's life easier. And for the farmer, it means they use less energy, they dry faster, and their harvest is less stressful. And that's what's most important for us, is making the farmers profitable and making their lives better. I think that sounds great. Everybody wants to make their life easier, whether they farm or not. But for those of our farmers that are listening and tuning into this episode with us, what is it exactly that they're buying? Is it a hardware stack and technology? What does that look like? They want to do business with Haber Technologies. Yes. So when you purchase a dry stack system, um, what you're getting, obviously, is the air delivery system. 
you're getting an entire um, set of electronic controllers that actually controls this system, along with a subscription to the uh, the, the website. Um, farmers are able to control the system through a local screen um, and through the website, and it's connected to the internet using a uh, cellular network. So the farmers, when they purchase that system, they're getting all of this hardware, all of this software, and the support that Haver provides to that. So one of the unique things about our modern IoT stack is that we can actually help these farmers provide support because we can see their bins. We can see them online. We can watch how the grain is drying. And we can help them in the process of, oh, should I put this grain in? Should I fill a little bit more? Should I wait another day? So we can provide that insight to them as well. So they're really getting a full solution. Um, and when they purchase the system, it's we're partnering with them to make sure that they're successful. And Dylan, I would have to imagine that with a system like this, you're not only making their lives easier, but you're also helping to improve the quality of grain coming out of the grain bin when they get ready to sell it. Correct. And that's one of the other unique things is by having the ability to more um, efficiently dry the corn, you do improve the quality. Um, you're not having to deal with heat damage. Um, because even if you're using heat, it's very low heat. Uh, you're not having to fight with hot spots and spoilage. Um, because even you have a leak in your roof and you start to get a spot that comes out of spec, the, the system would actually target that unique spot um, and dry it down and not dry the rest of the bin because of how it's able to focus dry in certain areas. And so the grain quality does improve. And another big aspect of it is for farmers who are looking to hold their corn farther into the, the summer, the system is continuously monitoring watching that bin. And so it maintains the quality of the grain a lot longer than having to always just guess where it's at um, because of the intelligence of the system. So we're sitting here at Farm Progress Show. Harvest time is quickly approaching. It is. All industries have been facing supply chain issues. But as far as Haber Technologies go, if we have a listener tuning in and they're like, I need this for Harvest 2022, is that possible right now? We are sold out for this year. <laughs> exactly. So um, we've got a few systems left for install post-harvest. Um, and so if you're interested in that, you can reach out to us. Uh, really, right now, we're focused on taking orders for next year. Uh, supply chain issues have been uh, something that we fought with last year more than this year. Uh, since we have a, a lot of control over our technology and what parts we use, we're able to overcome a lot of that. But it's across the industry. It's never yeah. easy. Oh, absolutely. Well, Dylan, one more time before we let you go, if folks are interested in signing up for 2023 and exploring some options, where should they head to find out more information? Exactly. So they can call our 833 corn number. Um, or they can go to our website at uh, neighbor-tech.com or drycorn.com. And from there, you can uh, request more information and our sales team will reach out to you. Perfect. And that's Haber, H-A-B-E-R. Thank you so much, Dylan, for joining us today. Certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Tanner, great conversation there with Dylan. And after we, of course, after we got off the microphone and quit recording, he made a couple of other mentions that I thought were just interesting points to make. You know, these systems can get retrofitted into any bend. So you don't have to have a certain year. You can have an old model. You can have a new model of grain bin. And it's also 
that also works with pretty much any variety of uh, grain. So corn, soybeans, wheat, rye. He said they even had a farmer putting walnuts in their grain bed and the Haber technology system works for that as well. I thought that was really interesting. That's a new one to me. I've never heard of walnuts in a grain bin, but that would make the most sense. No, good, good technology. A great episode for today, Delaney. I'm looking forward to continuing to share more of these conversations with our listeners. But what do you say for today? Should we let the listeners go? Let's let them go. 